My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. And welcome back to another episode of the Stronger Revolution. It's been a while since I've requested that you like and share the show, leave us a review or a comment. Make sure you smack that subscribe button if you want to get updates, especially on Apple Podcasts for when we release new episodes. Or just follow it on Spotify so that when we release a new episode, you get that little blue light next to the new episode so you know that there is one out there for you to listen to. On today's episode, we're going to be continuing our discussion on developing mental toughness. I would like to review the first three episodes that we've gone through thus far, and which brings us up to today's topic, which is developing happiness that is accompanied with the mental toughness that we are developing. So first and foremost, a couple of episodes ago, we started down this path of talking about developing mental toughness. We defined mental toughness as the ability to control our responses to the stimuli that are coming in from our outside surroundings in a way that we control in that we don't sit there reacting to things that might set us off or cause other people anger. In other words, We don't give in to giant ups and downs and impulses and everything else. We don't come upon traffic when we're trying to get home and allow that to completely derail our entire day and make us super angry because all of a sudden we are going to be late. We don't get upset if we get a flat tire because we have this mental strength that we have developed so that we are unflappable. We are always under control. Um, In order to do this, we started by creating a list of individuals that we look to as examples of somebody who acts or behaves or lives through values that we want to emulate, sort of provides us with an example. As you'll recall, I looked at primarily to individuals who I think always seem to maintain a lot of self-control despite what I presume is a very busy lifestyle or or people who always seem to make time for other people, um, give back through service and assistance through others who are in need. Uh, and those were the people who I tend to to want to emulate. And then from there, we took those individuals after we listed them out and we wrote out what it is, what are the values, what are the qualities of those individuals that we find so attractive and that we want to emulate. 
Then we wrote those values after they were written down. We started to try to apply them to our own lives through preparation. And so the the end of the last episode left you with the challenge of looking in the morning at things that were going to come up throughout your day that you think, in the past at least, might cause you to react in a certain way. Like maybe you have a meeting with your boss and you know that those meetings typically are contentious, so you start to get really nervous. And then when you get into that meeting and you start to get accused of something that wasn't necessarily your fault, you get really defensive and you leave the meeting always feeling bad, like you just reacted in a defensive manner and nothing really productive ever got done, etc., etc. And the goal in the morning was to look at these things that are coming up throughout your day and to then imagine or think about the ways that you wanted to respond in these meetings, the ways that you wanted to act. Uh, The example I just gave, you would identify things that you knew were going to set you off and put you on the defensive so that you could perhaps start to emulate one of your role models in a way that would view the accusations that were coming at you not so personally, but more as misunderstanding and challenges that you then want to overcome and you're going to stay calm in the meeting and you're going to respond to your boss in a way that is productive instead of getting angry and reactive. And then in the evening... I would suggest that you sit down and you reflect back on your day and you look back at those instances where you had attempted to prepare for in the morning and you analyze how it was that you did actually end up responding when you were in that situation. And so we start this sort of morning preparation and evening reflection as you go throughout your day uh, so that you can start to develop this more even keel, unbiased, sort of always in control demeanor. That's mental toughness. It is not, as you will recall, necessarily the individual who can push really hard through hard situations or keeps coming back for more even though he keeps getting knocked down. Yeah, okay, that might be some mental toughness, but we have to look at these individuals over a long period of time. Maybe today that person is physically tough, right? And can keep coming back for more in like a boxing match or always pushes forth through the mental challenge or the, I'm sorry, the physical challenges of like climbing the mountain or pushing really hard in football practice, right? But then the football player loses a game and like their entire week is destroyed because they suffered a loss. That's not mental toughness. It's physical toughness. That's great. They can push through the football game. But mental toughness would be they instead remain calm after the loss, take a calm reflective position on that football game, and use that reflection as an opportunity to become better in the future. Okay, that brings us up to today's episode, which is all about developing a sense of happiness that comes along with our mental toughness. Remember, the values that we developed 
by looking at our role models are meant to be neutral, sort of unbiased ways to approach any situation that comes at us. Now, some people might look at this and they might say, does that mean that you can like never cut loose and you never have any fun? You're always just looking at everything from a super analytical position? No. Okay, that's not at all what it means. Mentally tough people aren't these like small stoic, small s stoic individuals who just sit there like, hmm, this is just a normal situation and they don't ever show any kind of emotion. Okay. Yes, they're going to show emotion. Yes, they're going to get excited about things, but you also have to understand that that's always something that's under control. We've talked in the past about using quote unquote pleasurable experiences either in a way to relax or as a way to escape. Okay, we don't want to engage in pleasurable experiences or pleasurable habits as a way of distracting ourselves from our regular lives or in an effort to try to suppress some sort of unpleasant feelings. Okay, that's actually the opposite of mental toughness. Okay, mental toughness is being able to look at that unpleasant situation and approach it from a very analytical, neutral situation. Right? Not being afraid of it, not running away from it, but going at it head on. Seems also like we might be going back to the episode about overcoming adversity. People who are very good at overcoming adversity also tend to be very mentally tough. The happiness that we're trying to develop through mental toughness is more of a sense of happiness that is more of like a fulfilling life. One of the themes that I want you to keep in mind as we talk through this rest of this episode, and, and this was a really cool summation that kind of came to me as I was drafting my outline for this episode, is in order to have mentally tough happiness, if you will, think about happiness in your life not as a goal, not as something that you are pursuing, but as a sort of characteristic or way that you live your life while pursuing other things. Does that make sense? It isn't like I'm trying to live my life with the end goal of being happy. I'm living my life with the end goal of developing mental toughness and living through my values. And because of that, I have this sort of calm, steady, lifelong, fulfilling happiness. This also isn't experiencing like super highs that are oftentimes accompanied by super lows. That's like living life, allowing your circumstances to dictate your mood. Allowing yourself to work on these super highs accompanied by super lows is like going through life and you're just sort of having a decent day and then something bad happens to you and everything is just destroyed, right? Like that's not the mental toughness that we're trying to develop and that's not the kind of happiness that we're going to try to develop. The happiness that we're going to try to develop means that you are happy, fulfilled, and contented in any situation at all. There are stories out there 
about people who live these really high lives and to what we would think would be super successful lives, but then something happened, maybe they were wrongfully accused of a crime and they ended up living out the next you know, two or three decades in jail because of something that they were wrongfully accused for. And they could have used those two or three decades as an opportunity to get down to these super lows but instead, because they had developed mental toughness in life, they were able to still have this long-term fulfilled happiness while living without their prison sentence. Okay? That's a, a, a bit of an extreme example, but that's what we're talking about. We can think of this kind of happiness as possessing two primary qualities. One, I've already started to allude to and I've told you like keep in mind throughout this entire episode. Joy and happiness is not the goal of life, but it is the byproduct of living through our values, okay? This kind of happiness has this sort of quality to it. The second quality of the kind of happiness that we're talking about is, you know, when you live life through your values, it's an active happiness. It's something that we are going out and creating for ourselves in contrast to pleasure that happens to us. Okay, pleasure that happens to us is from things like eating, right? Like I'm eating this and therefore this is causing me pleasure. I'm drinking alcohol and so therefore I'm having a pleasurable high experience because I'm high off of alcohol. Or I indulge in life's extremes like sex, all right, and, and things like that, which are is, is happiness that is being caused to me as opposed to this Fulfilling lifelong happiness is happiness that we are causing within ourselves. So let's pause for a moment and kind of put all of this together so that hopefully you can kind of see the bigger picture that we're talking about here. Mental toughness is living life under control. You do this by defining your values. Living through your values creates a long-term happiness in your life. Thus, being mentally tough also means having an unflappable happiness. Make sense? So finally, of course, I have a three-step process for taking control of your life, developing mental toughness, and turning that into a long, enduring, unshakable happiness. Step number one, plan activities that are consistent with your values. I had talked about some of these things in the past episodes, but a good example for me and some of the values that I'm trying to live out through my life is always helping other people. So one of the activities that I might plan is to find a charitable organization or a charitable activity that I can go out and participate in in which I'm giving up my time in the service of other people. Number two, spend time contemplating and emulating the qualities that you admire in other people. And I know we've talked about this in like episodes two and three, like one and two, a little bit in, yeah, one and two primarily uh, of looking at those qualities that you admire in others, whether they are alive, dead, real, okay, made up people, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. The, the, the fact is that you're identifying a value that you want to strive for. And I can almost guarantee that 
the values that you want to emulate are not values that contain empty qualities, okay? And when I'm saying empty qualities, I mean, I don't look at somebody who has a knack for manipulating other people and think to myself, ooh, I would like to emulate that value, right? The values that we typically pick from other people are very wholesome, very just values. And, and so by looking at those, we kind of reframe our mind to always be looking at really high-end, very uh, justice-filled, very um, high-quality values, right? That are going to bring about happiness within your life. Number three, the, the three or the third step in developing this uh, long-term fulfilling happiness in your life is to practice gratitude in everything you do or have. And I need to underline and bold and blow up the word everything as much as I possibly can. I'm not talking about gratitude when you're like, oh, I'm so grateful for my family. You know, yes, that is something that you can be grateful for. But what I'm talking about is being grateful for like everything. And a way that I like to think about this is if there is some quality to your life that somebody else would like as part of their life, you need to be grateful for it. It doesn't matter how small it is. So you might say something like, um, I'm grateful for the fact that I have 10 toes. And that might seem like something that's so small to be grateful for. But think, is there somebody in this world who wishes they had 10 toes? I can almost guarantee you there is. And therefore, you should be grateful for it. I'm grateful that I can see. Is there a blind person in this world who wishes that they could see as well as you can see? I bet there is. And therefore, you should be grateful for it. I saw a, a cartoon um, a number of years ago that was all about gratitude. And I'm not going to remember exactly how this went, but uh, it was something along these lines. And, and the whole point of, of the cartoon was kind of this, this point that I'm making in that there's somebody who will look at you and think that you have what it is that they want, even though you're always looking at something that you want. And so it started off with, I don't want to make this go backwards, but I believe it started off with an individual who was handicapped in a wheelchair sitting on the balcony looking at somebody who was running and wishing that they could run. And then there was the person who was running, looking at somebody riding a bike, wishing that they had a bike to ride. And there was the person who was then riding the bike, who was watching somebody drive by them in a car. It was an old rinky-dink car, just wishing that they had a car to ride in. And then the person driving the rinky-dink car pulled up next to somebody in a really nice car, wishing that they had a really nice car that they could be driving. And then the person with the really nice car looked up overhead and saw somebody fly by with him in a helicopter. Right? And the point was, you need to be grateful for what you have, right? If you can just run, you should be grateful that you have the ability to run. Don't constantly wish that you could ride a bike. If you do have the ability to ride a bike, just be grateful for the fact 
that you have a bike to ride because the person who's running wishes they could be you. Don't sit there and wish away your life wishing you had a car. It is impossible to be grateful and angry at the same time. And if you can develop a level of gratefulness that you're even grateful for the things that happen to you that somebody else would say is absolutely terrible, then you have developed a level of happiness in your life that is completely unflappable. If you are happy, if you are grateful for challenges like losing your job or that something goes bad in your life or that you become, that you fall ill over something and you're able to look at those as opportunities to open up for something else to happen and then you become grateful for those opportunities, you will never be unhappy again. That's mental toughness and happiness. All right, guys, let's end with a quote. This is perhaps a little bit of a self-fulfilling quote, but here it is. Quote, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone else. End quote. It's from a Chinese proverb. All right. As always, thank you for listening. I will be back shortly with the next installment of Mental Toughness. We've brought probably two, maybe three more episodes on this to make sure that we're continuing to develop this in all aspects of our lives. In the meantime, if you have any questions at all about the topic or the subjects that I've covered thus far in developing this topic, please reach out to me. I'm happy to address them in future episodes. Otherwise, I will talk with you all soon. Thanks for listening.